This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. As we wrap up 2021, it's important for us to take a look at where we are, have been, and where we are going. And so we're going to do just that in a very interesting and unusual way here on Viewpoint today. We're going to hear from voices that perhaps we would never, ever hear from, from sources that perhaps we would never hear from. And it's going to be heart-stirring. It might even be mind-boggling to some. For what we're facing here as we wrap up 2021 and enter 2022 is a massive war, some would call it, deserting good from evil. Discerning of good and evil, right from wrong, amid a spiritual, a mysterious spiritual fog that seems to be enveloping the earth, and yes, even the broader reaches of the so-called Christian church, be it Catholic or Protestant or Orthodox, it's everywhere. And if that is invading the church, it should be apparent then that for the majority of people on the planet, they're unconverted to Christ by his spirit, Pagan or fleshly thinking is going to defy their ability to discern good from evil, right from wrong, and therefore their consciences, if they have one, will be very confused. Embracing a counterfeit Christ, then, is going to meet very little resistance in either mind or heart. But what of the billion-plus professing Christians on the planet? Are we faced with this discernment dilemma? I believe absolutely we are. Otherwise, all the warnings of Jesus and his apostles would be meaningless, wouldn't they? For they're all directed to Christ's purported followers. So what advantage, then, do we enjoy and share not otherwise available to confirmed unbelievers? We, who from the heart profess to be Christ's followers, have been endowed by God's mercy with the Holy Spirit given for those end times, these end times, to guide us into all truth and to show us things to come. And it's that spirit of truth, friends, whom the world cannot receive, neither knows him, yet we, as Christ's purported followers, are forewarned that we have the ability to resist the grace of God and the spirit of truth. Thus, potentially slipping back into fleshly-mindedness, which is at war with God, in rebellion against his viewpoint regarding good and evil, righteousness and unrighteousness, including all of biblical warnings. So today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at this subject, and in order to lay the foundation for it, I'd like to quote from the RussianFaith.com. RussianFaith.com. The top Russian bishop has blasted, quote, evil sinful vaccination passes and is calling for active resistance. The top Russian bishop is blasting evil and sinful vaccination passes. Again, the top Russian bishop says that global elites are trying to destroy the image of God in humans and that Russia faces a historic decision. 
Well, it's not just Russia that faces a historic decision. It's the whole world, friends. It's the whole world that is facing historic decisions. And today, we're going to see just how great, how broad, how historic and vast this really is. Now, in order to do that, I have decided to spend the majority of this program today airing to you a message from Carlo Maria Pigano. Now, who is Carlo Maria Pigano? He is the uh, Archbishop, retired Vatican diplomat, former nuncio, ambassador to the U.S. Over the past few years, he has emerged as a powerful critic of Pope Francis, basically saying the Pope is not really a Christian, rather someone trying to destroy Christianity and working directly against it. He refuses to even refer to the Pope as such, and instead calls him Bergoglio, which is Francis's civilian surname there from Argentina. And starting in 2018, called on the Pope to resign. Now that's the person that we're going to be hearing from. Sometimes something so remarkable happens that it just doesn't register with most people. But this interview is one of those times, and it, I trust, will register with you. Well, last week, a series of interviews were published on YouTube as one long video. These were the result of interviews by a uh, veteran journalist, Mr. Moynihan, and in it, in that center of series of interviews, the Archbishop Vigano says that Bergoglio, that is the Pope, is essentially a Marxist, a man put in place by his accomplices to capture the church and cooperate in a global conspiracy to enslave the world to an anti-Christian system, a new world order. He names Klaus Schwab as one of these plotters who deliberately orchestrated the COVID crisis as part of the plan. Vigano says that the next shoe to drop will be a massive cyber attack which will paralyze the world economy, forcing populations into a new system of total control and usher in the Great Reset in which populations will submit to the Antichrist system. It's a, it's a wide-ranging and in-depth interview. At one point, Archbishop Vigano argues that the Pope is waging both a spiritual and ideological war in the service of his anti Christian co-conspirators. Now, I don't like to use the word conspiracy, but what we're seeing is, in fact, the working together, whether you want to call it a conspiracy, a confederation, a, a conniving, I don't care what term you want to use, but in fact, it is taking place. It's taking place right before our eyes, and if you have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand, you will indeed gather it. So, for the balance of the program, but for a few interruptions from yours truly, we're going to hear from Archbishop Mar Car Carlo Maria Vigano. First, we hear from his interviewer, the veteran 30-year interviewer from the Vatican, Mr. Moynihan. So we have a wide-ranging interview now with this very controversial, very interesting Italian Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. 
Question number one. Archbishop Vigano, very nice to see you again and very pleased that you're willing to answer our questions. The great question has two parts. It's the world and it's the church. We're looking at a global pandemic and a global move towards a new world order. And we're also looking at the church in confusion, in division, in concern about how it reacts to this new world order, whether it's breaking with its tradition or holding fast to its tradition. All right, we pick up from there. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. Anchor your seatbelt. Get ready as we wrap up 2021. You're listening to Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today, we're listening now to an interview with the veteran journalist uh, Moynihan there in the Vatican with the former, well, retired Archbishop Vigano. And as I said, you might want to anchor your seatbelt. Here we go. And you've got comments to make and insights on both of these questions, the present pandemic and the present crisis in the Roman Catholic Church. So what do you think about the current pandemic and about the current confusion and crisis in the Catholic Church under the leadership of Pope Francis? Now seems clear to me that we are facing a siege on both the social and religious front. The so-called emergency pandemic has been utilized as a false pretext to impose the vaccination and the Green Pass in many nations of the world in a simultaneous and coordinated way. At the same time, on the other front, not only do the ecclesiastical authorities not condemn in the least the abuse of power by those who govern public affairs, but they support them in this wicked plan and go so far as to condemn those who do not accept being subjected to inoculation with an experimental gene serum with unknown side effects that does not impart any immunity from the virus, to say nothing of the moral implications related to the presence of genetic material derived from aborted fetuses, which for a Catholic is itself a more than sufficient reason 
to refuse the vaccine. We are at war. A war that is not openly declared, that is not fought with conventional weapons, but a war all the same, in which there are aggressors and aggressors, executioners and victims, kangaroo courts and prisoners. A war in which violence is used in ostensibly legal forms in order to violate the rights of citizens as well as believers. It is an epochal war that is a prelude to the end times and the great apostasy spoken of in sacred scripture. Archbishop, you've spoken in very stark terms about an undeclared war, and you've spoken about grave dangers, but you've emphasized that you see a type of coordination between the globalists, as we may call them, the architects of this new world order, and the Catholic Church with Pope Francis. How can we explain what seems to be a new alliance? The alliance that you mentioned is not between state and church, but between the deep state and the deep church, that is, the degenerated components present within each. The state has at its end the bonum commune with respect to both the natural law as well as the divine and positive law. The church has as her end the salus animarum with respect to the unchanging teaching of Christ. It is obvious that rulers are not pursuing the common good when they expose a population to experimentation without scientific basis, even in the face of evidence of the vaccine's ineffectiveness and the damage it causes to those who have received it. And it is equally obvious that the ecclesiastical hierarchy insofar as it lends itself to supporting this massacre plan on the global level, is an accomplice to a crime against humanity, and even more, to a very grave sin against God. The Bergorian Synodrin is clearly integral to the plan of the Great Reset. Now, when he says the Borgolian Sanhedrin, he is adopting the term for the 71 elders of Israel, the Sanhedrin, and applying it to the papacy and the Vatican using Pope Francis's normal name, Bergoglio, rather than the name Pope Francis. He's combining them together. On one hand, 
because it is pursuing ends that have nothing to do with the purpose of the Catholic Church. And in the other, because it's hoped that his complicity can bring it some sort of political and economic advantage in view of the new order. This uh, criminal complicity is there for all to see and is further proven by Bergoglio's obsessive vaccination campaign, which by mean of moral blackmail want to impose inoculation with an experimental genetic serum on everybody. In recent days, he has gone as far as to involve cardinals and bishops from both North and South America in this shameful propaganda, including Archbishop Gomez of Los Angeles, the President of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. They, too, bear responsibility for a grave crime against humanity. such as scandalous subservience of prelates to the infernal globalistic agenda has been surpassed only by the recent heretical rants of Bergoglio himself. You are telling us that the Church has made a shameful alliance with people whose goals are not the same as traditional Christian goals, what price, in your view, is the Church paying for making this choice? Why is it making this choice? The enslavement of the Holy See and all its peripheral entities to the pandemic narration is the pretium sanguinis of a scandalous betrayal. We see the ecclesiastical hierarchy some exception, completely integral to the globalistic plan of the elite, and not only on the earth issue, but also and above all on what concerns the Great Reset and the entire ideological structure on which it is based. In order to do this, the hierarchy has had to apostatize the doctrine, deny Christ, dishonor his church. The Martullian ecologism, Arenistic ecumenism, that is a prelude to the constitution of the universal religion, the fourth revolution theorized by Klaus Schwab and the family of international finance find in Bergoglio not a neutral spectator, which would itself already be an unheard of thing, but actually a zealous cooperator who abuses his own moral authority in order to support a destra, inside the Church, the project of the dissolution of traditional society. 
while Aditra within the church, he pursues the project of the demolition of the church in order to replace her with a philanthropic organization of Masonic inspiration. And it is scandalous, as well as a source of great sorrow, to see that in the face of this ruthless and cruel massacre, the majority of bishops are silent, or rather, they align themselves obediently out of fear, self-interest, or ideological blindness. On the other hand, today's hierarchy comes from the conciliar school. It has been formed and chosen in view of this evolution. In addition to the episcopate, all of the religious order, university and Catholic institutions have been occupied since the Council by fifth columns that have formed generation of clergy, politicians, intellectual, entrepreneurs, bankers, professors and journalists, indoctrinating them into progressive ideology. And just as the left has done in the political and cultural sphere, so within the church the innovators have ostracized any voice of dissent, driven out those who are not aligned, and expelled those who resist. The persecution we are witnessing today is no different from that of decades past. But now it has been extended to the masses. While previously it focuses on individuals and the ruling class. This applies to both, to civil and ecclesiastical world, confirming the pactum scelere, the criminal conspiracy between the deep state and the deep church. It seems to me that in this conspiracy the role of the Jesuit has been decisive. It is no coincidence that for the first time in history a religious of the Society of Jesus is seated on the throne of Peter violation of the rule established by St. Ignatius of Loyola. All right. Perhaps you're beginning to gather the uh, solemnity of this address. It's very important, not only for Catholics, but for Protestants. Would to God we had some Protestant preachers who had the temerity to speak with such boldness amid the institutions of Protestantism that are crumbling before our eyes. The question, though, is why don't we have the necessary discernment? Are we also embraced 
and governed by a mysterious cloud that is destroying our consciences and our ability to discern the truth? Are we also now actually governed by the deception that Jesus warned about that would govern the earth just before his coming? That's what's going to usher in the great apostasy that will occur just before the appearance of the Antichrist, as the Apostle Paul stated. Perhaps now you understand why we've declared it's important for you to get a copy of the book Antichrist. How to discern, how to identify the coming imposter. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint as we wrap up 2021 with an amazing interview from the Roman Catholic Archbishop Vignano, retired Vatican diplomat, former nuncio, Archbishop Vignano is a retired Vatican diplomat, ambassador to the United States, and now has emerged as a powerful critic of the current Pope, basically saying he questions whether he's even a Christian, that he's working together to destroy the Christian faith as it is understood, and working together in a kind of conspiracy to establish a new world order under secular powers. Dr. Robert Moynihan is an American journalist. He's been covering the Vatican for 30 years. The pontificate of John Paul II, his contest with the Soviet Union, his battle over the culture, the election of Pope Benedict, the pontificate, and then the election of Pope Francis these past eight years. He's an Italian archbishop who is now 80 years old and has become perhaps the single most controversial figure in the Roman Catholic Church today and now is speaking in many respects, even though he addresses, when he uses the word church, he's referring to the Roman Catholic Church, but then... In a broader sense, he's referring to all who truly profess the name of Christ. Listen carefully as the interview continues. Question number four. In your opinion, how does the recent papal decree, Traditionis Custodes, 
the guardians of tradition fit into the context of what is happening on the global level. In other words, Pope Francis on the 16th of July issued a startling, unexpected decree canceling the thousand-year-old old liturgy of the church, saying we must now have only one liturgy, the one that was written and introduced in the 1960s. Many Catholics were heartbroken because they have a deep connection with the old liturgy. You believe that there's a connection between this decision of Pope Francis and the preparation of the church to ally itself to this new global order in the Great Reset. Can you explain how the prayers in the church are related to the Great Reset? The decision to abolish the traditional liturgy, which was restored to the church by Benedict XVI in 2007, is not an isolated incident and must be contextualized in a broader perspective. Bergoglio acts on two fronts, an ideological one with which he wants to prevent any expression of dissent with respect to the failure of the new conciliar path, and also a spiritual one, aimed at preventing the propagation of the objective good of the holy sacrifice of the Mass in order to favor those who see in that mess a terrible obstacle to the establishment of the new order, Novus Ordo Seculorum, that is, the reign of the Antichrist. Do you understand now why the Lord put upon my heart two years ago, to write that book, Antichrist? How to identify the coming imposter? It came out just last August. Antichrist. How to identify the coming imposter? I urge you to seriously consider it here at the end of 2021 as we move into a new year, only eight years away from the proposed absolute completion of the Great Reset and the changeover of the entire world. Are we getting your attention yet? It's on the website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 7 0879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. In addition to that, I have in my hands the 15-page transcript of the entire message, the entire interview with Archbishop Carlo Maria Begano. For those of you who 
purchase the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. We will send to you with that, if you request it, that 15-page transcript. But again, you'll have to request it. So the best way to do that probably would be to either write, write a check and put it in your note, or actually I suppose you could do it by ordering on the web. This is serious business, friends. It's not business as usual. 2021 is drawing to an end, and a new year is beginning. What will it hold? We continue on with Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. It is not possible to believe that Bergoglio does not clearly understand the consequences deriving from his decision, or that he doesn't realize that depriving the Church of the Apostolic Mass is an assist to the enemies of Christ and to the demon himself. It is as if a commander of a division in the heights of, the, of battle would order a soldier to fight against tanks using slingshots, laying down the most effective weapons that would enable victory over the adversary. I am convinced that the faithful, numerous priests and some bishops are beginning to understand that the question of the traditional Mass is not merely a simple difference of opinion on liturgical matters. And for this reason, they wonder how it can be possible that Bergoglio shows so much fury against a sacrosanct rite that is over 1,000 years old, unless he sees in it a threat the realization of the globalist plan that he supports. Let's put this in context for those who are Protestants. We may not comprehend the fullness of what Archbishop Vigano is saying concerning the Catholic Mass. But the same is true with regard to the preaching and teaching that's going on within the broader Protestant community, even our evangelical churches, even some of the so-called strongest evangelical churches, watering down, diluting the message to try to make it more palatable and more acceptable. This is exactly what Archbishop Vigano is saying concerning what Pope Francis is doing within the Catholic Church, trying to dumb down the essence of the message to make it more broadly acceptable to unify the people into a one-world order. Consider it. By the grace of God, the faith of the Church is not 
in the end of the Argentine, over whose remains the Vatican virtues has already hovered. Archbishop Vigano, you are telling us that the decision to change the liturgy and to abolish the old liturgy does have something to do with this general crisis and the, the new world order. What should be the reaction of people in the church to what is happening as the church seems increasingly to be accommodating itself to a plan organized by people outside of the church? Well, we find ourselves trapped in an impasse, a dead end, from which we cannot escape as long as we do not recognize it for what it is. If we think that the present crisis can be solved by addressing ourselves to the civil or religious authority, as if we were in condition of relative normality, we continue to not understand that the responsibility for this crisis lays precisely in a betrayal carried out by those world authority. We cannot ask for justice for wrong we have suffered if the judge were to condemn those who infringe on our rights is there accomplished? We cannot turn to a politician expecting them to revoke the violation of our fundamental freedoms if they are the very ones voting for those violations in Parliament because they obey those who pay them or blackmail them. And we cannot ask bishops, and even less the Holy See, to protect the rights of the faithful when bishops and the Vatican itself consider our request as a threat to the power they own. Wow. Are you listening yet? We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And I trust today's conversation or 
interview with Archbishop Carlo Maria Vegano uh, of the Vatican is uh, piercing even to your heart, whether you be Protestant or Catholic or otherwise. We're dealing with something so profound and of such great global significance that we dare not ignore it because it is ushering in a counterfeit Christ figure, an imposter who the world will receive as a counterfeit savior of the world to deliver us from all our troubles and all of our problems only to bring crushing destruction once we receive him. We continue to listen. To the bankrupt ideology they defend. You have spoken of feeling that we are at an impasse, a dead end, both in the church and in the world. You've described a type of alliance between the deep church and the deep state, which you feel is not in keeping with traditional Christian teaching or with traditional desire for freedom of the free peoples of the democratic West. But if you are preaching this dead end or impasse, what are you suggesting to people? Are you suggesting some type of disobedience or some type of rebellion? Catholics are naturally oriented towards order, to respect for authority and the hierarchy. Because disorder and authority emanate from the wisdom of God and are necessary for the government of both public affairs as well as the church. But precisely because the authority of man comes from God, Catholics, like all citizens in general, cannot accept the usurpation of authority by those who set goals opposed to the very reason for which that authority is constituted. The Lord has placed at the head of the Church the successor of the Prince of the Apostles, designating him as his vicar, so that he may pasture the sheep that he has entrusted to him not so that he may scatter them. Otherwise, he would have chosen Judas, not Simon Peter. Similarly, the authority of temporal rulers finds its legitimization in good government, not in making citizens into slaves or forcing them to do evil, preventing them from pursuing the proximate end of an honest life, the final end of eternal salvation. If authority fails in its duties, and if it betrays and subverts them, it is no longer entitled to demand the obedience of its subjects. Obedience, which is a virtuous link to justice, that not consist 
in an, a critical submission to power. Because in doing so, it degenerates into servility and complicity with those who do evil. No one can impose obedience to intrinsically evil order or recognize authority in those who abuse it to indulge evil. Thus, those who resist an illegitimate order apparently disobey the one who gives it, but they obey God, whose power is over, is however exercised by the vicarious authority against its purpose that is against God himself. Your Excellency, you've spoken of the distinction between legitimate authority and illegitimate authority, between legitimate commands that we should obey and illegitimate commands that we should not obey and resist. But how can we distinguish between them? Isn't it true that St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, spoke very clearly about the necessity for Christians to obey the constituted authorities? What do you say? St. Paul was a Roman citizen. And as such, he had before him the example of the power regulated by laws that later formed the basis for the law of Western nations and which were also adopted by the Church. The authority that governs us today, instead, has cancelled millennia of Greco-Roman and Christian civilization, bringing us back to the barbarian of the Assyrians, to the absence of law, an absolute principle to which even authority itself is bound to conform. Those who hold power present themselves as representative of the people, but in fact, they act against the people without any constraint, without limits, either from above since they have cancelled the divine origin of the power of those who hold govern, nor from below, since they do not allow citizens to elect their own representative unless they are certain they can manipulate the vote to their own advantage. I would like to underline this barbarization of the law which in my opinion is the cause of the crisis of authority, of his perversion and his present arrogance. These tyrants, barricaded in their palaces, guarded by armed guards, behave like Sennacherib. They find authority in themselves in a delirium of omnipotence guaranteed to them by the availability of financial, political, and media means. And what leaves us disconcerting is that the masses allow themselves to be tyrannized precisely 
in an area that has made revolution one of the key themes of modernity, to the point of introducing its principle right into the sacred principle with Vatican II. To a genuinely Catholic perspective, however, chaos manifests itself both in rebellion against good authority and in servile obedience to evil authority, in a subversion that we have today right before our eyes that leaves us incredulous in his anachronistic arrogance. So what you are really saying is that there can be two types of chaos. One is a type of servile submission to illegitimate commands, and the other would be a type of renegade disobedience to legitimate commands. How does one distinguish between these two things? And when we distinguish between the two, what can we do to resist the abuses? In the civil sphere, there is a need to reject any cooperation with the current pandemic narrative. And with the climate emergency that may soon replace it. Disregarding regulations that are illegitimate, or that expose citizens to concrete risk for their health, is morally lawful and in certain circumstances is even a duty. In no way can one jeopardize one's life or health or that of one's children, not even in the face of the threat of retaliation. For, in that case, our participation would make us guilty before God in the serving of his punishment. In no way can we accept the administration of experimental gene serums in the course of whose production children have been killed in the third month of pregnancy. Their blood would fall on those who produced them, as well on those who imposed them and those who received them. In no case should it be tolerated that a pseudo-pandemic whose victims are fewer in number than the victim of the supposed vaccines. Because a alibi for imposing control and limitation on natural freedom and civil rights. And if the media enslaves to power and accomplices of this conspiracy, censor every dissenting voice, this should persuade us the dystopian society in the sky by George Orwell is now being realized following a precise script under a single direction. I denounced it in my appeal last year. No one who revealed it today can accuse me of having sounded unjustified alarms. 
Let us not forget that since 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation has predicted four scenarios for these years. One of these was the pandemic lockstep. Roadmaps have been studied for all of these scenarios, and it is disturbing to see how the one relating to the pandemic has essentially turned out as expected. The thousands of fires started around the world in recent days are providing the mainstream media with a pretext to shout about the climate emergency in the name of which they are already warning us that we have to prepare for a few lockdowns and new forms of limitation of our freedoms and of our rights. But then, there will be the global cyber attack. And we'll have to conclude our interview there. There is another 40 minutes remaining of this interview, and Lord willing, if we have the time next week, we will indulge you in that further interview with Archbishop Carlo Maria Vegano. But we opened the program today talking about discernment. Discernment decides destiny, friends. Discernment decides destiny. It's another way of saying that viewpoint determines destiny. And our viewpoints are defined by our discernment. Will we be able to discern the environment that is ushering in the counterfeit Messiah, the counterfeit Christ, the imposter? I wonder. Thanks for joining us here today on Viewpoint. I urge you to get a copy of my latest book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Become a partner with us, friends. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. We're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Yes, even today, as we prepare to launch into a new year. God bless. Be a blessing. listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.